Zanzizi Zanbibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. I think we're recording. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. That's right. It's Rad Dead 2023 with Mama Casey in the Mama Casey Studios, the kitchen studios. We're going to talk 80s cartoons. Yeah. Jim is my name. Now what else is the same? <laughs> um, wow. So obviously, there's a lot to talk about with this. I think in order to do an, a prop, a right proper episode about cartoons, you have to kind of go back in the way, way back machine. Put your pajamas on. Put your pajamas on. Your little footy pajamas, you know, and get yourself a nice. Bowl of what? What what cereal did you go to? What was your what was your breakfast? Oh well, we will get into that. I am a cereal connoisseur, so we we'll talk about that. But what what's your what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, we're gonna jump to that. All right, my favorite. See, it it really depends on what age you're talking to me because early, 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 early Ryan was Smurfs. Okay. So no fighting. Lots of just, let's get along. And Gargamel, that's like parents or whatever. And, a, and he's weird and alone. And like it it kind of plays into like almost this like hippie-ish vibe that, that I think I kind of have overall to my vibe. I mean, I just imagine Smurfs just sit around rolling blunts, just being With, cool. Well, yeah, eating shrooms and <laughs> looking at crystals. I grew up in a very religious community, and a lot of my friends were not able to watch Smurfs for that reason, because they did witchcraft. Really? Yeah, like for real. My parents weren't like that. I could watch anything. I watched Roseanne. See, I don't... Re- <laughs> And that, you know, they they were just having, doing sex. They were doing all the things. So drinking. My parents, my parents, we were religious, but it, the hippie kind, not the super strict kind, like a lot of my friends growing up were. What was your cartoon? My favorite cartoon. Um, well, I have three. Let me see what I wrote down. Okay, Gem. Okay. She's totally outrageous. Um, and Shira, like He-Man and Shira. Mm-hmm. And He-Man was a, was a vibe for me too. Yeah, and um, those those were really the two. I mean, I liked Rainbow Bright, but well, I'm gonna get. I'm. I have a list of fourteen prime '80s cartoons. Okay, we can kind of suss through that. Yeah. Before we take a break, but. So those were your main jams. Yeah, I would say Gem and the Holograms was definitely everything to me in the 80s as a kid watching. Mm -hmm. Did you have, you didn't, were you a Saturday morning kid? Oh, yes. Okay. A feral child. Don't wake up the parents or they were gone on Saturday morning. Or maybe they were just nursing a long night. 
just trying to <laughs> recover? No. no, they weren't drinkers. We were we were religious. So they were praising the Lord then. Oh, yeah. Anyway, all right. Cereal, though. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about this at all? Well, I want to hear what cereal you ate. Uh, predominantly Frosted Flakes. Okay. First, give us the visual picture of you as a child. Okay. Smurfs underwear. You. Okay. Footy pajamas, for sure. Yep. So, you know, I, in fact, I have, there's a picture of me as a kid that my mom has. You'll have to ask. She has it somewhere, and it's a picture of me running out in my footy pajamas and just doing a very animated pose. Uh, and then I did that as a full-grown adult just to make her happy. So she had like a before and after. Oh, I love that. I got to see those. <sighs> anyway, I I don't I, I I was all about comfort from the be- very beginning of time. So when it came to that, yeah, just like comfy pajamas, probably a pillow and a blanket and a bowl of cereal. Which I would get myself. Mm-hmm. We had to in the 80s. Right. We were on our own. Exactly. There was that. And uh, I, I think when it comes to cereal, it, I wasn't like a Captain Crunch kid. I wasn't. I liked a re- repetition to the taste. So it was either going to be Frosted Flakes, Honey Nut Cheerios, or Cinnamon Toast Crunch was like the creme de la creme. Like, okay, we're eating good today, I yes. guess. Because that's like some top of the line General Mills, like foo-foo, Grey Poupon shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if mama got that. And usually it was the Meyer or Walmart brand. But that's okay. Oh, like in the bags? Mm-hmm. Oof. I'm so but I sorry. do that to my kids now too. Oh, you do not. No. It's okay. I have like 10 boxes of cereal. It's me and my 16-year-old daughter. We're both cereal lovers. We do have Cap uh not Captain Crunch. We right now we have Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruit Loops, um Lucky Charms, Off-brand Special K and Honeycomb in the house right now. Honeycomb Oh yeah, that's that's the best. That's what what is that mascot? It's like a stone sugar bear. No, those are sugar pops. Oh yeah, honeycomb. I don't remember what their mascot is. Is it a bee? Who mm, knows? Yeah. That future who, episode. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but when I was a kid, I would pair my cereal with my shows. Oh yeah. Yes. So I would have <laughs> Captain Crunch while I was watching Captain Kangaroo. I guess that's not really a. No, it's. Yeah, Legit. it's not a cartoon though, is it? Right, but um, Boo Berry cereal with Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. Fruity Pebbles when I watched the Flintstones, and Honeycomb. For whatever reason, I always ate that with I watched Garfield and Friends. Isn't that weird? I don't remember what I when I was watching Gem. I think I was just focused on the tube. I don't even think you were probably eating. I think you were doing too many dance routines. A hundred percent. No. And during the commercials, I had to zoom to the kitchen to get more junk and zoom back before it started again. But those were the days. I think I would have loved little Casey just as much. But anyway, yes. So big bowl of frosted flakes. We're going to dive into it. So here are a list, according to scarymommy.com, of 14. These are these are. 14 cartoons that you can ease your kids into now as parents who grew up watching them. And this, okay, so there are, I want to say there's a top five for me, and this is in my top five in no particular order. Number one, Muppet Babies. Yes. 
Muppet Babies. You should come back. I I don't know why. I actually I do know. Because they were kids on their own like us, right? Right. Everybody. They were, and I'm looking at a picture here of the Muppet Babies, and I'm like, I miss this show so much. Um, but it's, I mean, this is pre-Rugrats. I guess, I guess a lot of the reason they can't reboot this or you can't find copies of this is because of the Lucasfilm. Like, there was a lot of Star Wars. There's copyright issues. Yeah. So, tape. basically. The theme song was so catchy that it's probably stuck in your head right now. Maybe I'll play it right here. And the series itself was super sweet. The whole gimmick of never seeing more than Nanny's legs and feet was brilliant, and every single one of the characters had such strong, relatable personalities, even for little kids. I love Muppet Babies. You should check it out. And now that w- okay, so Muppet Babies is in my top five. This next one is also in my top. Well, five. hold on a minute. We're talking about Muppet Babies, where you could only see like the adults' legs and everything, kind of like a peanut. Yeah, like a peanut. Like yeah. wah, wah. that is a representation of how involved the adults were back in those days. Things have changed. Well, yeah. I mean, before cell phones and like texting and like movement alerts or you know, like ring cameras, you be back by dinner. Mm-hmm. And sometimes dinner doesn't happen till late. Right. And sometimes dinner's in the microwave. Sometimes or... dinner is cereal again. And hey, cereal, breakfast for dinner is a revolution. My kids love it when I say, hey, I'm just going to throw some eggs and p- potatoes in a pan and just flip it upside down a few times and that's breakfast for dinner yeah so muppet anyway muppet babies is just basically the muppets but as kids and muppets is a future episode so number two ducktales i love this theme and it's right here all right so ducktales 1987 to 1990 i would have thought this was forever but i mean a lot of these shows and i didn't realize this until i looked it up like a season could be like 60 episodes like the first season of, um, again, future episode, Batman the Animated Series, which happened in 1992. The first season of that has 60 episodes. So, I mean, these things were made to just be devoured by children. DuckTales is no exception. So Huey, Dewey, and Louie, were they the world's best nephews? No, but Uncle Scrooge was hardly the world's best uncle either, even though... I thought he was cool. I mean, Launchpad McQuack was cool, being the 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 uh, adventurer kind of Han Solo, but like a little bit adrift character. Um, this was a family that, for all its malfunctions, always tried to do right by each other and the world around them. And you know, you still can do a solid Scrooge McDuck impersonation. Can you do one? I think it's like a Scottish thing. I. Just give it to us. I can't do it. I oh. I, 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 I was gonna try and it would have been terrible. Like I don't. Uh, uh, okay, so that's in my top five for sure. I I loved. I again, it's kind of similar to the Smurfs, where I guess I could have said like I feel like at first as a kid, like 
there was this era where it was like He-Man and Skeletor, and that was cool. But I think I, it just realistically didn't connect with like who I was as a kid. Yeah, like your age group. Like I like, like Ducktales; those were kids, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm not a barbarian in some weird alternate dimension with like a sword and a cat. Couldn't like, relate. Except couldn't his relate. face does look like you. <laughs> If you look at He-Man face, I we're gonna I'm gonna do a side by side. He-Man oh. in your face. Believe it. All right. Well, number three, Inspector Gadget, also in my top five. Ooh, that made it on my list too. Burp, I burp, just burp, found burp. my list. Burp, Inspector burp, 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 burp. So good. And here's the theme right here. So Inspector Gadget is so cool. I guess, I mean. This is from 1983 to 1986, which is insane for me to think about. So, Inspector Gadget's kind of like the original RoboCop, because it's the same thing where, like, he gets his body replaced by, like, all these different electronics, and I just, I think it's insane because, like, uh, it began in 1983 with D, uh, Dick Entertainment, or DIC Entertainment, animated was an animated series. Um, there have been many spinoffs. There was a movie with Matthew Broderick. I don't know who decided he could be in movies. I think it, Ferris Bueller was like a just a cultural like huge thing, but like I just never saw him as a leading man. Uh, the franchise follows the adventures of a powerful but dim-witted cyborg police inspector named Gadget as he investigates the criminal schemes of Doctor Claw. So dim-witted that he had to have Penny watch after him, right? Right, and I think I think it. I think in some ways I could understand them casting him, but I I don't know. Like this was one that really hit me as a kid. For some reason, I loved it because it was so inventive. It had so much imagination, and I loved the kid had like a computer book and a dog, and, like, everything about it was like, ooh, this is so cool. I still use that in the day-to-day, like, when I ask you to, can you go go gadget with your arm to get my cup? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, there's there are so many things. Like, I, I remember distinctly thinking as a kid, one day I'll have a dog named Penny. Oh. Or, not, or, or a dog, I'm, I'm sorry, not a dog, uh, Brain <laughs> was her dog. Penny was the, the girl's yeah. name. But, like... Yeah. I, I was going to name things after my favorite Inspector Gadget characters. And like, I don't know. I A lot of my youth was spent pretending to be Inspector Gadget. Oh, I love it. So that's a good one. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen that with the girls yet. But that's one I'm excited to show them. All of these. I mean, 80s animation and even 90s, like... Some of it is legit good storytelling. And this next one is awesome. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Yes. <clears throat> Only from 1988 to 1990. Oh. Which is like such a small window. And such a big impact. Yeah. I mean, the theme song, which again is a banger here. So Chippendale gave us kind of like in it, oh, like Dale's kind of like 
this pseudo Indiana Jones kind of thing, whereas his buddy, Ch- uh, De- or, which one did I say first? Chip. Chip is kind of like the dimwit, and then Dale's the adventurer, or something like that. And then they had Monterey Jack, which I remember that was how I realized what um, Monterey Jack, or Pepper Jack, and like Monterey Jack, like that's that was like my <laughs> my early understanding of cheese came from watching You're Chip a and food connoisseur, connoisseur <laughs> because connoisseur. <laughs> um. So, but Chippendales gave us gadgets. She fixed things and knew what to do. So, positive female role models. Nice. Meanwhile, there's movies like Aliens coming out with Ripley and cartoons like the next one. Oh, we're going to skip ahead and go with Gem. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yep. Okay. Well, just to, you just gave your list. I wanted to add, I loved Fat Albert. Okay. And I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm-hmm. And I loved Heathcliff. So, you want me to talk about Jim? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So, really, there were two inspirational women cartoons that I looked up to. I'm going to start with Jem because she's truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Jem is my name. She had exciting adventure, glamour, fashion, and fame. Um, It was the best opening sequence in cartoon history where it just got, as a girl, got my blood pumping and I'm so excited. Um, So Jem was her hologram secret identity. Um, She had an air of glamour and sophistication but was very down to earth and has the greatest of love and respect for her fans. Jem also has charisma that can make anyone respect her right away. Everyone's attracted to Jem. (laughs) (laughs) And she was able to charm Rio, her boyfriend, easily. Okay, so Jem was when she was the hologram, and then Jerrica was her real identity who ran an orphanage for teens. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it basically was the first cartoon soap opera because when Jem was her hologram self, she would like gaslight herself by flirting with her boyfriend as her alter identity. And then when she was Jerrica, um, she would be like, oh, is he cheating on me with myself? Well, I mean, they had this back and forth but the whole time the misfits were trying to kill him so it was kind of like i mean there was so so i'm saying it's a soap opera there was so much drama um so even though he was kind of like smooching on both dual personalities of this lead he um they didn't have time to like suss that one out because the misfits were too busy trying to topple them along with like the record store guy who's well, just like, sell, sell, sell. Wasn't that like every cartoon? Like you get to this climax of this horrible thing happening, but then you kind of get diverted to like, oh, well, what about this? And then, ta-da. Right. But I mean, and it, but that's the ultimate like through line. It's like the Fox and Mulder love, like, are right. they, will they, won't they? And the, or the Spider-Man and Mary Jane and Peter Parker conundrum of like, 
well, I like Peter, but Spider-Man's mysterious. And it's just like... So, well, I mean, people do that today where it's like, oh, I'm going to open up a different Instagram and uh, DM my boyfriend to see if he'll chat back. Interesting, fellas. It's weird. S- stay true to your boo and don't answer those weird, freaky... Especially when they have two pictures and they've got three followers. I don't think she wants to just show you her OnlyFans for free. I also think that if a girl really feels like she needs to do that to her guy, dump him now. Exactly. But yes, so I want to mention this series pumped out songs. They had like a hundred and I think it's like somewhere around it's over a hundred songs it's it's the best musical cartoon album it's arguably is yes i would say it is the most 80s sounding music you've ever heard but good like it's a song based on a phrase it's it's almost commercial jingles extended in a way, a lot of it is like with I powerful mean, messages. I mean, yes, there is. There's a message of hope, and Gem is like literally just basically being like, "We're gonna be the best friends, triumph in the world, love yourself and never stop. Things are great when you got a big heart, heart, heart." Well, no, and, she, and me- she had a huge ego. It's like yeah. I'm the best. Yeah, Gem is my name. Well, there's a little bit of like self-love to that too that's okay oh, it's okay yeah. to think that's you're, true. she you're taps doing into good. it in a good way and she's a pop superstar you know right meanwhile the misfits i think i read somewhere that it was a lot of fun for the music writers to do the misfits m- music because that was like the hey let's beat this cunt up <laughs> The song, or, or you know what I mean? Like, it's like a lot of like aggressive, just like ag- the, the aggro side. Yes, when yes, it's yes. like, man, we've written so many goddamn gem flower power songs. Let's get in some, like, let's get some riffs. Oh, yeah. It's well, that's what that's what a powerful woman needs is something to rage against. So, you need you need that dark side, too. I want to mention, too, this was a joint collaboration of. Hasbro, the fucking toy empire, Sunbow Productions, and Marvel Productions. So part of what, I mean, your childhood even more comes from like comics than you know. Uh, the same team that did Gem was responsible for G.I. Joe and a future, uh, uh, basically a cartoon coming up very soon, The Transformers. Uh, the creator of this series is Christy Marks, had also been a staff writer for the aforementioned programs. Christy Marks is amazing. Um, the animation for most of the episodes was provided by Japanese animation studio Toy Animation, with some provided by South Korean studio Acom. just wanted to mention that. No, that's good. There would be no gem if there wasn't the G.I. Joe, because they had this huge boy culture that had tons of boy followers and right. and so they wanted to kind of make that and materialize the same kind of following for girls and it worked man i mean it all coalesced so well too because i mean it's all about being yourself and in the 80s especially for like anybody who was struggling with identity or i mean look at the time 
Yeah, it probably seemed a little. It was girl weird, power. It weird, was girl power. Weird for a, a boy to like gem, but you can't help yourself. This shit rules. There it's are, pop gems. There are so many guys. If you go online under like all of the gem YouTube like mm-hmm. music things, they're like, "Man, I gotta say, I'd watched Gem too, and I wasn't embarrassed about it because it was so good." So okay, mm-hmm. you know, My Little Pony has bronies. What yeah. would be a gem guy? fan what would be just do they a, have a name no i think it's just a music fan because it's good it's not bad i mean to me there's there's an authentic sound to the 80s i mean gem is like and she's hot to well, look at and it's now it's just like there's like youtube channels of like loop lo-fi beats and like sh- like vaporware kind of like synthy stuff online that you can find that is basically owes all of its creativity to the things that were created much like gem in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, the production is great. And there's, if you really, really want to hear more of this music, I highly suggest going on YouTube and checking out. There's like a playlist that you can follow and it's definitely worth it for sure. Um, Did you have any more you wanted to talk about with that, honey? Uh, Not with Jem, but I want to go to the next woman character that I looked up to. Okay. Well, do you want me to keep going down this list or do you want to just go right into your other favorite woman character well, cartoon. Let me yeah, let me just talk about this. Really before Jem mm-hmm. was Shira. Mm-hmm. She do you know Shira's real name? Mm-mm. Adora. She was the princess of power and she was strong willed, forceful individual who believes firmly in doing the right thing and encouraging others to do so. She's warm hearted, reasonable, and noble, and often displays a sharp sense of humor, even when she's fighting her foes. That is something to look up to. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I would run around with my friend, little friend, when we were in kindergarten and first grade and be like, Shira! <laughs> it was awesome. I still remember those days. That was my like childhood before Gem. Do you think when you do karaoke that you're trying to channel both I am She-Ra and Gem? Gem. <laughs> Okay. If I can, if 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 fans want to see, maybe one day I'll post a, a, a little clip of of your karaoke stylings because they are pretty legendary. Yeah. Well, I don't drink anymore, so. But. <laughs> hey, we can have exceptions for you. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, our relationship. You're Gem, and I'm like one of the gummy you're bears from Batman. The, I'm one of the gummy bears from the. <laughs> You are in your heart. In my heart. <laughs> I'm one of the gummy bears who used to drink too much gummy berry juice and then slowed down and now he's just like, yeah. let's make grilled cheese sandwiches and maybe we'll put a, a special kind of cheese in it. We can try something out. Okay, so I just have one more Go ahead. woman profile girl that I looked up to. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will remember this one, Rainbow Bright. Ooh, that's awesome. That was the next one I had here. From 1984 to 1986, a young girl named Wisp, a sprite named Twink, and a talking rainbow-maned horse named Starlight. Oh, Oh, if this wasn't the series that launched a thousand homemade Halloween costumes and a general obsession with anthropomorphic equinines. I mean, I get it. It's 
every pretty girl who rides a horse needs a gay best friend. And a star on her cheek. True. She's a guardian of light um, and color endowed with magical powers to protect Rainbow Land and and bring color to all of the corners of the universe. Rainbow Bright represents hope, strength of spirit, and the power of believing in your purpose. Can I get an amen? Amen! <laughs> oh, it just fills a girl's soul. I get it. I, I totally get it. There was... Let me go through a couple more and then we'll take a break. Um, this Obviously, I mentioned the Smurfs, but there was also the Snorks from 1984 to 1988, which just sounds like methed out Smurfs who live underwater. But the Smurfs got all the fanfare, but the Snorks were really great. According to scarymommy.com, these happy little anthropomorphic sea creatures had 80s kids everywhere diving to the bottom of every single body of water in sight in search of snorkeland. Well, I wasn't diving into any pools too deep because they were usually full of kid pee. So, Thundercats, 1985 to 1989. That was a fun one. I actually, again, this kind of fell into that He-Man thing for me. Except for Schnarf, who was the weird, like, crazy-eared creature that was on there. Had some, like... I mean, everything had to have a little bit of comic relief. I mean, even Jem would, like, Oh, no, we're changing a light bulb, and I fell down. It's true. And then the one guy would be like, Whoa! I got caught looking at the pop star Jem and Jerrica's over there, and I'm confused. They couldn't do much other than that, but... Um, there was also the Wuzzles from 1985. Much like the Snorks got snubbed by, uh, because of the Smurfs, the Wuzzles got overlooked for the Popples. But make no mistake, these colorful hybrid characters living with a split personality were quite possibly the cutest fictional 80s creatures. Just be prepared when you watch with your kids for them to ask for a butter bear in real life, just like you did. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo from 1979 to 1983. Were you a Scooby fan? I think you mentioned that earlier. Oh, yeah. Did you want to be Daphne or Velma? I wanted to be (laughs) Scooby-Doo. There's a special hub for you on (laughs) porn. Uh, No, it's totally cool. I get it. I always wanted to be Shaggy, though. I never identified with anybody other than Shaggy. Well, aren't we just a pair? I was just like, I want to be the guy with the dog who's like, hey, Scoob, what's I just going want on? Scooby snacks. Ah! <laughs> I know, Scooby's. I just want to try him. I mean, the dog seems so happy. Yeah. Uh, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo was the uncle-nephew spinoff the world didn't know it needed. This show had a similar premise to the animated mystery-solving series, but in this series, it's just Scooby and Scrappy on wild and spooky adventures. Now, this is kind of a, um, interesting addition to this list uh, the simpsons because technically they started in 1989 i was gonna say it must have been right before 1990 i was in fifth grade i remember and they were kind of controversial they were and technically i mean they were on the tracy ellman show before that and the early footage of that is pretty pretty bunk but but eat my shorts uh, yeah i know cowabunga and bart was supposed to be the main guy but homer kind of took the lead 
Uh, the Simpsons is one of the longest-running animated comedies. This adult cartoon takes place in a town called Springfield in an unknown U.S. state. It's anyway. The show centers on a hilarious family and the equally funny community that surrounds them. In each episode, characters get wrapped up in comedic adventures that evoke emotions ranging from heartfelt happiness to uncontrollable laughter. Since it's going to get its own episode. Um, I will say that early seasons were written by Conan O'Brien and other people that went on to like inform a lot of 90s and even 2000s, even current culture. And... Uh, Seasons, I want to say parts of season one and parts of season two, but definitely seasons three through, I think, ten are gold standard. The Flintstones Kids from 1986 to 1990, I think probably taking the Muppet Babies thing and kind of running with it. The Flintstone gang is so much fun, but have you ever wondered what they were like as babies? Well, the Flintstone Kids features all your favorite cavemen pals like Fred, Wilma, Barney, and Betty, and things are pretty much the same in terms of the shenanigans and fun, but on a kiddie level, that's super cute. And the last one before we take a break, the world strawberry shortcake. Oh, strawberry shortcake. I didn't I didn't think that she had a cartoon. She did. did the cartoon come out in the 90s? I remember girls in elementary school dressing up as her for Halloween or having the doll. Yeah, because she she had, wasn't she on like a Hallmark card and then there was a doll of it? Oh my goodness. I, I would keep that in my bed and like sniff it, scratch and sniff it all night. Yeah. Sounds about right. The World of Strawberry Shortcake ran from 1980 to 1985. The series wasn't a consistent series, but a bunch of TV specials that aired for five years. It follows a super sweet little girl named Strawberry Shortcake who lives in a world crafted from dessert-themed whimsy. In the show, she goes on cute and fun adventures with her pals in a magical world filled with lessons that are rated G for everyone. Mm. That was a nice period of entertainment for kids i don't remember there ever really being too much controversial i do remember in the late 80s there was a don't do drugs animation that pulled in like garfield and like a bunch of turtles probably ninja turtles which is something i'll bring up in the second segment but like they found a way to to do a don't do drugs and i remember there was some real I remember watching it one Saturday morning and being almost scared by the cartoon because they were well, showing. Don't do it. drugs. Look, man. Like I said, I was, I was, I was basically bound to be Shaggy from Scooby Doo, so I didn't care. I was like, this is, this is lame. Till you found out what Scooby Snacks actually are, <laughs> which is, uh. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, more 80s cartoons. Well, you look like three fine lads. You know, I might have something here you'd like to try. Something to make you feel real good. There's myriad wild and wonderful ways to say no. No thanks. No way. Better learn a few and take them wherever you go. No thanks, no sir. If you're confident, let's get by. Here's a practical report. Spit right in his eye and say no! Those drugs are so boring! I can dream for football! I'm like, tell me that works fine! Because the 
out of my face with that stuff. But that could be tactless. You may prefer cool. Like this. I'll catch you guys later, okay? I've got too much homework. It's rough. I'm late for my baseball game and I'll miss my ride. My kid sister needs me. Her hamster does. Not home. There's no time to kill. So I'll catch you later. Like that guy I'm allergic. And a good excuse is something you never outgrow. It's bad for my complexion. When you pound, say, let's get wrecked. A strap your self-respect. Go on, push, eject, protect yourself, get, get up, up and go. Be the first one on your block to say. Yeah, forget it, duck. Go red, Dad. Hey, Mama Casey. Mama Casey knows what the score is. Gonna talk about those 80s cartoons. Yeah. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We've been talking about a lot of cartoons. So, I have a list here. According to Google, the top eight most popular cartoons of the 80s Ooh, number eight make the list the smurfs number seven transformers which i loved here's the theme number six thundercats number five gi joes number four alvin and the chipmunks number three muppet babies (laughs) Number two, The Real Ghostbusters, which, did you know, The Real Ghostbusters is why we got Ecto Cooler and why Slimer became so popular? Because if you watch Ghostbusters, Slimer doesn't even have the name Slimer. Really? Yeah. He's just a 
big old green boogery guy floating down the hallway. Oh my goodness. I loved Slimer. Yeah. And it's because of the cartoon. Wow. And the Ecto Cooler, which shows you that merchandise works, capitalism rules, and all the Patrick Batemans snorting coke off their secretary's boobies during the 80s knew what was up. (laughs) Number one. Oh my gosh. Drum roll, please. Here's the theme right after I say it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. I love that list. It's a great list. I mean, and this is in my top five. This show was it. Because it's, you got to think about it. What are my two favorites? The Smurfs and He-Man as a little, little Bubba. So now you've got the Smurfs, but they're, Oh, radical. We're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> right. You know, and then, but they're also, they can fight, and but they can also joke around, and there's animals, and I love animals, so, and I loved big cities as a kid. Chicago was like my first love, so here they are in New York City running around with Casey Jones wearing a, a hockey mask, Jason Voorhees, oh, anyone. my god! It all bleeds together. And what was every kids favorite food to the state yeah i mean what was that the read it program it was the read a book let's get fat together program read four books get a pizza oh yeah i was like hooked on phonics what are you talking about (laughs) no but that was the thing like we eat a pizza if you read a like five books or whatever you're right you get a book it thing personal pan i remember going to pizza hut and the i mean it looked like an 80s VHS tape full of smoke <laughs> and little crackles. I mean, I remember it was a fun time to live in the 80s. But let's talk about this show, these darn Ninja Turtles, Michelangelo, 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 Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael. Right. Master Splinter, Shredder, Krang. Remember the... I mean... That's just crazy to me because then in nineteen in the nineties, one of the first R-rated movies I ever saw was Total Recall, future episode, and then that has Quado, the b- stomach baby mutant, and here here we are in the eighties, and I'm like I like Krang was that inside that like con- from Dimension X controlling the big <laughs> like blob guy, um, it's just. I mean, if I look for it, if I get really stoned and think too hard about it, I'm like, everything is everywhere and all at once, folks. <laughs> Love that movie, too. Yeah, I know. God. So what was the girl's name? April. April. Love her. a good her. name. Well, and there's always, there's April, there's Penny. There's always like a woman taking care of all of you crazy rascal boys. Yes. And if... Fans of this show and my previous show, Conspiracy Therapy, are wondering, April's doing great. Aww. She's my sweet, sweet friend and sister from another mister. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TMNT is an American comic book series published by Mirage Studios between 1984 and 2014, conceived by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. It was initially intended as a one-shot, but due to its popularity, it became an ongoing series. The comic created the Turtles franchise of five television series, six feature films, numerous video games, and a range of toys and merchandise. 
I will say that the most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that came out on Xbox, I played. In fact, the last time we had a video game day, which we invite Simon to, mm-hmm. we played through that whole game together. Oh like, my gosh. all of us were playing. I mean, that's the one game that, I mean, there's a through line to this. These, these franchises we love, and it's like, there's not a lot that's problematic, at least to me, when it comes to things like these cartoons or Ninja Turtles. I get, you know, you I in the past have done the master master splinter voice and all that stuff whatever, but it's, you know, it's an homage to things that I loved as a kid and imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So, continuing on, the origin origin of this concept, which I think is great. I mean, who comes up with this? Like a bunch of turtles fall on some radioactive goo. I well, mean, I think trauma I, ran with it. Trauma with yeah. Toxic Avenger, but all third grade third grade boys love reptiles and turtles, frogs, mm-hmm. snakes. It's the whole thing. It's ucky and gross, and its body's deformed like mine. Love I'm it. going through changes, just like you, Raphael. I could do a pie. He's got like a Brooklyn accent. Anyway, origin of the concept. The concept originated from a comical drawing sketched out by Kevin Eastman during a casual evening of brainstorming with his friend Peter Laird. The drawing of a short squat turtle wearing a mask with nunchuck, uh, nunchaku strapped to its arms with was humorous to the young artist as it played upon the inherent contradiction of a slow, cold-blooded reptile with the speed and agility of a Japanese martial artist. Laird suggested that they create a team of four such turtles, each specializing in a different weapon. Eastman and Laird often cited the work of Frank Miller, who I love, and Jack Kirby, also great, as their major artistic influences. Frank Miller, he uh, was the artist behind um, Sin City. He also did Batman Year One, which is a huge comic book for me, which me and Denny, a friend of the show, have talked about. And Daredevil uh, can be slightly problematic for some people, but, you know, love the art, not the artist, if you want to get too political. But anyway, using money from a tax refund together with a loan from Eastman's uncle, they formed Mirage Studios and self-published a single-issue comic that would pastiche four popular comics of the early 1980s. Marvel Comics' The New Mutants, which featured Teenage Mutants, Cerebus, which featured anthropomorphic animals, Ronin and Daredevil, which featured ninja clans dueling for control of New York City of the New York City underworld. So there's a lot of like ideas like gestating here. The turtle's origin contained direct allusions to Daredevil, the traffic accident between a blind man and a truck carrying radioactive ooze is a direct reference to Daredevil's own story. Indeed, in the version told in the first issue, Splinter sees the canister strike a boy's face. The name Splinter also parodied Daredevil's mentor, a man known as Stick. The Foot, a clan of evil ninjas who became the Turtles' arch enemies, satirized the Hand, who were a mysterious and deadly ninja clan in the pages of Daredevil. I love all of that. Yeah, it's interesting, huh? Yeah. So there was a, there's a long history of the comics, and... I think the Ninja Turtles itself will get its own episode for me, especially after the revelation that we had on the last episode, which became true. Right. Uh, Lady Caitlin 
was speaking the truth. In the Ninja Turtles movie, there is literally a scene with a tiny little rat doing kung fu while his master's doing it. And you think I laughed hard during that episode. I laughed even harder watching it in my bed before I went to sleep, making sure it was real. And it's one of the most glorious things I've ever seen in, in on YouTube, if not ever. So the cartoon series was huge. I mean, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that it was the most popular show. I mean, when the movies came out, it was huge. Yeah. When did it come out? Was it 1986? When did, I'm sorry, the, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series? Yes. Um, Cause on. I just remember being in third grade and all the boys were obsessed with Slimer and Ninja Turtles, and that's all they talked about. Well, it was 87. 87, okay, yeah. yeah. So f- about the time, yeah, six. I was mm-hmm. five in 87, so I mean, it's, I was a wet sponge yeah. for this. Um, it is insane to me that it's kept going but it's got a long half-life because they're turtles in a half shell it's true do you know they bleed from their shells though what you ever seen that video the uh what is it there's there's this great youtube clip of what the scientific reality of being a ninja turtle would be like they carry disease and like Wow. Like April befriending them would would basically kill her because of how... It's the sacrifices she must make. Well, also Master Splinter's not going to be carrying anything too friendly with them either. I mean, pet rats, especially in a New York sewer, it's insane that they don't turn into monsters. So there were some underappreciated cartoons, and I'm going to play this for you. Real quick, and I know you're not going to be able to hear it so well until I put put it in post, but I wanted to play this for you just to see kind of <laughs> see kind of what you thought of this. So one of my favorite things ever from childhood two on top of the Ninja Turtles was Star Wars. Of course. And I remember in 87 seeing Return of the Jedi when my, my mom and my stepdad got married. I was taken to my Uncle Dave and Aunt Deb's house, who you've met now at this point, which is crazy. I'm thinking about this. You can put these together. Anyway, we went there. It was super late. I was a little boy in a tux at five, and there was Return of the Jedi was on TV, and I was, like, enamored. Yeah. Like, not only did two people who I love very dearly now to this day get married, but I was introduced to the greatest sci-fi epic of all time. And that original trilogy, so important to me, so you would think George Lucas, I mean, obviously we talked about their inclusion into Muppet Babies and why you don't see Muppet Babies, the old cartoon around as much, but the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi were a big deal and they had their own cartoon series. What? Yes. And I'm going to play the theme song because it was a banger right now. it up to your microphone, I'll be able to hear it. 
One minute in and out. I love that. And wow, I don't know about you, but that had some funk to it. I was grooving. I mean, the show's kind of terrible, but <laughs> it's it's fun to hear stuff like that. I mean, that oh, there's hundreds of these shows, and I don't know about you, but I didn't know they got rick james's cousin or something to do the soundtrack like slick james or whatever the dude just like came in there and was like i don't know don't jive in with me i got one take to do because i gotta go after here i'm gonna hang out with george clinton or something like just the just the nuance of that just like yeah what they're from the forest moon is that what you said Something like that. It's like, let me smoke this doobie and lay it down it's hard for you. Something about kindness. Oh, all right, we'll get this in one take. Okay, okay. So let me picture you, little Ryan, little Rad Dad, seeing this for the first time. I mean, yeah. this just Star blew Wars. your mind. Yeah, no. And, and Return of the Jedi was a huge, 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 huge big deal for me because it just like, first of all, practical effects really got cemented for me then because it's like here I am seeing aliens and like prosthetics I mean that's why I really like doing episodes like this just it's a constant reminder to me like the 80s fucking really ruled for me when it came to special effects storytelling and I get it a lot of people will and rightfully so take a you know jabs at like Reaganomics and just kind of consumerism and how vapid and like soulless some things felt about the eighties, like the. You if know. anybody says that, then <laughs> they haven't seen Gem yeah. and holograms. I'm like, man, or, my childhood. That yeah, that filled me up with hope and inspiration and gumption. Especially in the late nineties, I remember getting mocked, especially around two thousand or so when. American Psycho came out and they just kind of ripped into that culture, especially when he was like, have you ever heard the band Genesis or whatever, like in the movie? And it was just like, that's my favorite band when I was in. Look, I understand the role that those things play. I understand how people feel about them. But anyways, I loved it. And it's part of who I am. And it was fun to talk about 80s cartoons with you and talk about Ninja Turtles. I know. But I do have a question. Okay. If you had the money and the backing and you could remake any 80s cartoon for today for modern audiences, how would you do it um, any way that you could? Oh, that's a really good question. Ooh. Well, I'm trying to think, where where are we even right now with cartoons? What do kids watch? What well, are, what's this, their inspiration now? There's not really an 80s, or, sorry, there's there are places to watch all of this. Right. Like, even if you really want to, I'm sure you can find a, a like, torrent of the Muppet Babies show with, like, the original. I mean, you can find a de-specialized edition of the original cut theatrical cuts of the original Star Wars trilogy if you really want to find it you can find these things they're there it's just that there's not four channels and right it's not a tv a, culture a, anymore a set culture based around 
a Saturday morning ritual. Now it's all TikToks and YouTube Everything's a la carte. Everything's immediate. Everything's a subscription. You didn't have to run to the bathroom during a commercial break and then run back. It's on. I mean, there, there, there are places you can go to watch cartoons. I mean, you've got cartoon, watch cartoon online. Hmm. Um, you've got Toonjet, YouTube, Cartoon Network, Super Cartoons, Boomerang. There's subscriptions to most of them. You can watch anime. I do love the Powerpuff Girls. That was a 2000 thing. I right? did like that too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, actually, let's do some shout outs to some cartoons that happened later. You Phineas and one. Ferb. Okay. Phineas and Ferb. I had my son and I would literally make him watch that because like the one Saturday morning, I think that was the Disney channel. They had some good ones on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Doug. Nice. They always did like the mouth sound music in that. And then then they had the, um, what was it? The, the, the beats. Was there a music group that was in that? That was like... I don't remember. You don't remember Doug? I Doug mean, e I remember funny. kind of fun. He's just dry sense. He's he probably actually oh, somebody... Patty Mayonnaise. And then Patty <laughs> Mayonnaise was like, hey, Doug. Like for some reason, I she know. smoked a pack a day. The thing is, it's there's part of me that's that likes that. I In ninth grade, I dated a boy who was the epitome the embodiment of Doug probably. So, but as a cartoon, Oh, it just, so he was friend zoned. No, I kissed him. Look, but I would friend zone him now. Yeah. My tastes have changed. You needed a he man instead of, uh, I always like that smurf. little vein of nerdiness though. Oh, well I've got that in droves, boo. So there are places also to watch old old cartoon shows and movies online. You've got Boomerang, Cartoon Network, WB Kids, Disney Now, Internet Archive, YouTube, Amazon Prime, and Hulu, which we do use Hulu. I I would say the best place to watch old stuff like this is definitely YouTube for me because they have, like like I said, I mentioned it earlier, if you haven't searched the gem super playlist that's on YouTube, it's great. We <laughs> listen to it with the kids. You'll get inspired. Um. Anyway, so going back to the question at hand, if you could remake an old 80s cartoon for current viewers, what platform, how would you do it, who it would it, what animation style, anything that you can think of? Well, I'm I'll 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 start. Okay, please do. I'm going to go Inspector Gadget. Okay. Ro- RoboCop has only gotten better as I've gotten older. It's one of my favorite Paul Verhoeven movies, only to be topped by Total Recall. The story's great. Um, I know I keep mentioning it in the same vein, but Inspector Gadget, I think, is just a timeless situation. I, I mean, maybe he's a bumbling fool. That's fine, but like, it's That's just timeless. It's timeless. People are gonna people gonna be dumb, and I mean, you can update it now to where it's AI and all that stuff. I, I that would be my first thing. There's also the fact that like. I am also more of a consumer than a creator when it comes to cartoons. I can't imagine what I would necessarily want to do. Like, I just want to watch these things. I don't necessarily want to create them or talk. I would rather talk about it on a podcast I created than create them. So it's hard for me to visualize like how I would go about that. But something like that, um, Rainbow Bright feels like it would be fresh for a reboot. Yeah. I I mean, especially in today's very, very gender fluid pop 
culture zeitgeist. I think I think Jem would have a really good platform to do everything that's very Jem politically correct. Yeah. Is it David Bowie or is it Jem? Mm-hmm. It's gender fluid. <laughs> Which is fine. I, I don't know necessarily how much of that I pay pay my like it really when it comes to like the content I list take in, but like I understand it. I guess it's like if you're gonna make a cartoon, do you wanna make a statement or do you wanna just be popular? Okay. You know what? Um oh gosh, what is it called? It's that new cartoon, um something universe. Steven Universe. Steven Universe. Yeah. They nailed everything and I think that's the way to go. I mean, Big Mouth is hilarious, you know, but... As adults. Steven Universe, I think... The reason... They did it. So they've already done it. Big Mouth is like adult cartoons. Right. Which there's a lot of... I mean, Rick and Morty Mm -hmm. is great. I mean, the fandoms kind of suck, but like any of them do. Early Simpsons is still maybe, to me, still smarter than all of that because it set the tab like it set the basically the bar the, the bar when it came to like intelligent mm-hmm. comedy um and sometimes the punchline was you and sometimes the punchline was something else and sometimes there was a real like the the bart souls of soul episode is one of the greatest <laughs> cartoons ever i mean it's awesome and it shows so many different facets of like family and like inner spiritual yeah travel and like it's this 22 minute kind of mini masterpiece and there's episodes of the batman animated series that i would consider to be that too like heart of ice um the Clayface episodes the harvey dent episodes of batman the animated series i mean these things in some ways were almost too good for their time period because it went over so many but then there was little 10 year old me like oh shit this is really smart and thinking about these things and then being like talking to the girl down the street and being like so anyway and then um mr freeze's wife is frozen and so in order to help her he had to take down the corporations and that's why i think corporations are bad she's like Oh, she was impressed. Trust me. You had you had Riz back then, honey. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> well, no. I have a sixteen year old daughter and she uses that word like every day. All right. So if I was to create a cartoon, it would be um not as sing songy as Elvin and the Chipmunks because they drop something and then that becomes a song and it's like, wow, this whole cartoon is all singing. But also I have a question for you. Why didn't the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles start a boy band? They did. They did? Yes, and they toured. Okay. I'm not even joking. What? In the cartoon they did? They they played like Radio City Music Hall. No, not in the cartoon. But in like people dressed up as the Ninja Turtles, like live action style. And they would come up. I'm not even kidding. In fact, I'm going to play you a song. Let's go. Right now. Educate me. I sh- I should probably see it. No, it's a- okay. So these are normal people gathering together to create a boy band, and they dress up 
as the turtles? Oh my god. So who are these people? Of course, I was like, this is a big money making idea. And somebody did it. What is this? Dude, there's a song where Master Splinter comes out and he sings a song about skipping stones. Okay, so I st- I'm still not understanding. Who who are these people? Who's making the money off of this? When did this get Honey, together? Or did they tour? The future episode when we talk about this strictly. Is cr- okay. I mean, look, okay. We're already over an hour at this point. Okay. We've done we've done our due diligence. Well, no, I've got a little quiz for you. Mm. Okay. All right. Quiz time. Ryan, mm-hmm. put yourself back in those footy pajamas. I'm gonna think of my calico brown carpet that I grew up with watching cartoons, and I'm going to say some catchphrases or some lines, and you are going to name that cartoon. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. You idiot. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. Boom. Yabba dabba doo. Flintstones. Okay, those. These. Some of these are easy. Some of these are hard. Okay. Zoinks. Uh, Batman. Please don't tell me that's your answer, babe. Zoinks. Why am I blanking on zoinks? I mean, it's Scooby Doo. Oh yeah. All right. Better get this one. By the power of Gray Skull, I have the power. He Man. Yep. Thuffer and Thuckatash. Looney Tunes or Sylvester. Yep, yeah, from Looney Tunes. Good. All right. And Kawabunga. Ninja Turtles. Yep. Wowzers. Ooh. Should I know this? Oh, yes. 100%. Y- you can ask for a Garfield. Clue. No. Take that back. Clue. Do, 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 Inspector do, Gadget. Do, do. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, now picture you find yourself in a bad situation and you say, Whiskers. Heathcliff. Nope. Thundercats. Oh, geez. Uh, he- help. L- let's get out of here, Grubby. Mm, good Lord. Why am I blanking on this? Well, we didn't bring this one up yet. Ah, shit. Uh... Well, it's not Transformers. Help! Let's get out of here, Grubby. Teddy Ruxpin. (laughs) And do you know, until about five years ago, I pronounced it Teddy Rubskin? (laughs) (laughs) I know! (laughs) Somebody was like, how do you say that? I'm like, oh gosh, I have to really... Okay, Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Teddy Rubskin is uh, actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the name of a uh, secret bear club. Uh, probably. Probably you can find it on the mm-hmm. hub. All right. Next one. 
here I come to save the day. Mighty Mouse. Yeah, you got it. Wow. All right. And now, here's something we hope you really like. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Good one. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Is this another Looney Tune? No. It's Scooby. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. All right, well, you'll, you'll get this one. Was... No, nope, we'll give you a couple easy ones. Hey, boo-boo, let's go get us a picnic basket. Yogi Bear. Yep. La 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 Smurfs. Yep. And magic makes it all complete. <laughs> Is that that's uh rain care bears? Rainbow bright. You would think, but it's my little ponies. Oh see I was never a brony. Oh well, okay. Do you want I'm gonna sing the song that the third grade boys, or maybe it was first grade, doesn't matter. Um, would sing to us girls because we would bring our My Little Ponies to the playground and play My Little Ponies. I had a small little pink one that had a little baby tooth because it was cute. I don't know its name. Somebody does. <laughs> and it whistled when it ran because <laughs> of its tooth? No, it was because it was a baby. And the boys the boys would come <laughs> up to us and sing, My Little Pony, skinny and bony, likes to play in underwear. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, but I like that. It's like I a mean, recess bully some of those some of those were like gem hits those recess rhymes yeah it's true but underwear was basically like a cuss word you know back in those days so you're like ooh, we're gonna tell the teacher mrs finger bobby said underwear that's exactly what we'd say uh, teacher uh bobby said my little pony skinny and bony likes to play in underwear i'm trying to remember don't repeat that grandma grandma have you heard Casey got hit by a flying turd. Where were you when it happened? On a pot, taking a shit. (laughs) I remember hearing that. Oh my gosh. The one that I remember is, Tom, Dick, or Harry, who should I marry? I think I'll marry Tom, because Tom's dick is hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I was like, I'm Michelangelo, (laughs) trying to do flips off the... But I'm just jumping Those really high in my Reebok. <laughs> First grade cuss words in song form. Yep, yep, yep. Well, this was fun. It was fun. Now I'm going to eat some cereal. Oh, man. You know, what? that's a good date, I think, would be, hey, let us let me come over to your house on Saturday morning and let's cuddle on a couch and eat cereal, guys. Date idea for free. You're welcome. All I do is favors. That's true. Well, folks, thanks for checking out the show. Please recommend to a friend five stars and we'll shout you out on the show. At this point, we're six episodes deep. And if we haven't gotten to the shout outs yet, we will. And maybe if we have to, we can do a mini episode during the week for that. Please like our Instagram page, Zanzizi Podcast on Instagram. Also, if you'd like to send us episodes, things you'd like us to cover, email us at Podcast at gmail.com. There's also a YouTube channel, and that's really it. I mean... Go get a bowl of cereal, guys. Cuddle up and watch your favorite cartoon. All right. 
We love you. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.